Alexa Ashley, and this is Eyes Wide. In this episode, we get to hear from fashion, portrait, and lifestyle photographer, Caitlin Garano. She gives us an inside look at growing up in a sexist household and overcoming negativity to pursue our dreams. Caitlin aims to create supportive, loving, and engaging communities for BIPOC and LGBTQ artists all around the world through artistry and creativity. think back um growing up felt like really I just remember like puberty very intense and emotional always crying always like angry as a kid I always felt like I was like smiley and jumpy and, and energetic but then I had the opposite of that as well, where I was like kicking, screaming, filled with like so much rage and hate because I didn't understand, you know, anyone's point of view. I was just like, I want this. How come they're not giving it to me sort of mentality? Or like, I want my mother's attention. Why isn't she giving me that? I'm like, yeah. I was also very attached to my mom. She was like the most comfortable thing for me. I feel like a lot of children are like that. Um, but like, literally, I never wanted to leave her side. <laughs> like, she would be in the bathroom and I would like be knocking on the door like, Mom, can I come in? And she would like sit me on her lap. <laughs> and like, I would have to be around her all the time, even if she were like taking a shower, or, like cooking or doing stuff, driving around, I'd be like, I want to come. I want to be with you. Just She was like a safe space for me. Um, and growing up, I had, um, well, I'm one of seven, so there was a lot of siblings, so a lot of people in the house. And it always seemed normal to me because I didn't know anything else. When people always ask me, like, oh, how was that? And like, it was fine. I mean, like, of course it was like, like there's a lot of fighting or because we butt heads a lot um but you know there's always someone to play with yeah or like tease we're such like a teaseful family <laughs> growing up we were like very teaseful like we would you know prank each other do stupid shit yeah but I was very connected to my sisters and I would always like play games with them we would like host little radio shows on our cassette tapes. Um, we were always dancing together. My mom would put us in dance classes. And um, yeah, my mom was very involved with us because my dad wanted us to homeschool. So she was our teacher. She was also put us in like extracurricular activities. Um, I felt like she really pushed us to find our interests and what we what we love to do we didn't know so she'd like threw it through us in like different activities which was really awesome of her to do and I realized that I had a lot of um privilege in that way too because uh, my parents gave me so much of an opportunity 
Um, and then, of course, like, uh, I'm traumatized by the fact that my dad was so abusive growing up. He has anger management issues, and I would watch him tear my mother down mentally and hit her and abuse her. And then he would abuse my brothers, my older brothers, and he would abuse basically everyone. <laughs> yeah, he was a very strong, he had a lot of strong energy that he was able to manipulate with us into basically uh, getting to do what he wants. Um, but it was just, you know, I would like lay at night and I would share this with my siblings and we all sort of felt the same thing that like we would lay at night thinking like, what's tomorrow going to be like? So we would start to have anxiety like, is dad going to hit us again tomorrow? Is he going to just, is he going to be happy? What's his emotions going to be like? I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I'm, I'm scared and I'm anxious about it. And so that was basically every night living underneath that house with him was oh man going to bed was like oh today was finally a good day everything went smoothly i didn't piss off my dad he didn't get angry at me i did everything he wanted me to do we're good and then he would snap or something and you're like fuck mm-hmm. yeah so and then of course like being homeschooled it's like you're stuck in that shit <laughs> You have nowhere else to go. You just have like these extra curricular activities that kind of save you from leaving the house of anger. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it was like yeah. being young. That's super cool that your that your mom like yeah encouraged you to find like what you are all are passionate about and stuff or like and yeah. Do you feel like it was, I wonder, like, do you think part of it would be to help you get out of that house, too? Or do you think it was just purely, like, wanting to, to, like, help you all find what you're interested Mm -hmm. in? Mm -hmm. I think, and the more that I, like, analyze my family and my parents, Um, She was sort of like projecting off of what her parents didn't like her parents did a lot for her, right? But um, She wanted to give even more because she loved being creative. She loved playing the piano. She loved singing She loved Broadway. She loved writing and yet she became a pharmacist. I think it was to please her parents and so when she gave us opportunity to put us in all these different things. I think she wanted us to explore that creativity that she got to. And I think she wanted us to see us do something more with it than some, instead of something that she couldn't. Um, so I think it was because she, she was just sort of projecting off of like her need for creativity. She wanted her kids to, to experience that joy that creativity get does to you and it, it really does foster a lot of like life and curiosity about the world um, and joy and so it, she wa- I feel like she really wanted us to to have that it's really special yeah and, like, yeah super 
kind of her. Yeah. Generous. Yeah, it sucks that she was with my dad because, I mean, like, I feel like everything happens for a reason, but, like, he really didn't like what she was trying to do for us. Like, I love dancing so much, and the only reason why I was able to dance was because my mom put me in these dance classes, and then I started to love it, and she saw that I enjoyed it so much, so she kept pushing me to be in more classes and then start to compete and actually take it seriously. And it was my dad that took, pulled me out of the whole thing that I enjoyed. And then I thought dance really was my life. I was like, oh, what can I do with this? I don't know, but I love it. And then he sort of put one perspective on it where, you know, dance isn't going to, is it really going to make you any money, Caitlin? Like, what can you do with it? Like, that doesn't work in this world sort of thing so he like pulled me out of that and it made me twisted my whole reality of like you can't make living with art and joy or <laughs> you know like that's not a possibility so he was like the complete opposite of my mom who's like exerting love and you know joy through um, art and creativity and music mostly yeah it's like, it sucks that like, you can have like one parent that is like supportive or loving or like healthy, but then like it can't like, it can't completely like make up for the other like parent or mm -hmm. lack of, yeah, like support or like love or like unhealthy or whatever and the other parent is just like it feels like it should be able to like <laughs> cancel out like but it's still it's like hard to deal with that yeah do you feel like yeah do you after like looking back have you you talked about like those periods of like having like extreme like joy and um exuberance and and stuff and then like the swing side of like rage and like sadness maybe do you have a sense of like where that came from and yeah or like why that feels like that yeah i it's just like well, okay so like the joy that i had was like when things were very light and I mean, as a kid, I was just, like, always happy to be around people that were laughing and felt were welcoming. And, you know, um, I don't know. Wait, what's the question, really? Um, Sorry. <laughs> okay, no, no I was just wondering if you knew, if you had a sense or was able to process, like, where that, like, kind of, extreme the extreme ends came from or that like the rage or mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I always felt like when I was angry I loved to stay in that anger because um, I didn't know what else to do with it like I you built all this energy up and it explodes and it's sort of addicting and you don't want to let go of it because it, it feels so good and 
and it's really more of a cry for like I just need attention I didn't know what kind of needs I wanted because I didn't know how to communicate that and also as a kid you're you're using examples from your parents so if your parents lash out that's the only way you know how to react to certain things or how to um, be when you're angry so I never saw like a really calm family I never like I, I wasn't in a calm family and I've been over to like when I was a kid I would like go to friends houses and I'd be like wow it's so calm in here like no one's upset <laughs> like everyone's like really quiet you know but going to my house it's like it has to be loud it like had to be because like my dad was like so like it was like monstrous just not you know as a visual you know with his energy and there was always like screaming there was always like loud music playing I mean like it was always just loud inside but I'm even with my mom like she sat like I'm like she was a very wonderful person but she wasn't perfect either and she would also have like anger issues because of what she was dealing with with my dad at the time and I didn't know but she would be angry as well and so like I didn't know like how to control my anger because I saw my parents as examples of how to be and I thought that was like the way you know yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. um, yeah you, you just mentioned yeah like she was your mom was super supportive and, and brought you in all these things and then also and and your anchor mm -hmm. and then it seemed like you're saying there's like a lack of or you're feeling you're feeling like a desire for more like attention and stuff yeah i mean i think it's because i'm like it's like that middle child syndrome that people love to talk about every every time i'm like oh yeah i was the middle child or i'm the middle child they're like oh you've got that middle child syndrome and i didn't quite understand but yeah i just i feel like sometimes growing up in that family i just never felt really um seen or heard that i was just kind of like forgotten about but then when i talked to my younger sister she felt like the middle child she felt like she wasn't seen and heard so i think it's just like a common denominator for most but um yeah the boys were always like highly respected by my dad and i'd be really jealous when he would like pull them aside only and like I felt like he was sharing like the secret of like wealth and money management and I wanted to be a part of that and I remember sneaking into the office and they were having a meeting and I was like wanted to stay for a bit and my dad was like oh honey can you just go and shut the door this is I'm having to talk with the boys like we're doing a talk with the boys only and they were talking about stocks and everything and I was like so interested so it was also very like a sexist household like it just annoyed me that i couldn't why can't i have that information as well like so i just felt like i was kind of treated as like this dumb pretty girl and and um i really felt i really took that to heart because i would 
always blame myself and say that I'm stupid. And that was that was my inner di dialogue that I was like, I'm stupid. I'm fucking stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Like I don't know anything. I don't. I don't get it. Because homeschooling was so hard for me. School was hard. I didn't like understand anything, or I like I didn't know how to like interpret the information that I was receiving. And so my mom would like go and get me, like go um, find educators to test me to see if I had like a disability and it ended up that I was like, I had some sort of like learning disability. But I just, I was so good in like other things like dance. Like I was able to pick up movement and like understand music and body movement through that, but it just, science, math, all of that shit was just like so hard. Writing was so hard. Yeah. It just never stuck the way that music and dance did. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, music and dancing still gives you a lot of life and yeah. of expression today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've, despite like what you're, Dad told you or like withheld from you. You still like made uh, your own business and went out on your own and doing Thank photography you, yeah. and yeah, pursuing your dreams. And yeah, yeah. I th yeah, I think that has like motivated me to prove that I'm not stupid and that you, you know, that inner dialogue of like, or maybe thinking that my dad thinks that about me, of like, oh, she's just a girl just playing around with the camera. I think that constantly makes me um, wanna push myself. And so yeah, I've worked really hard in my photography career. I found something that I really have enjoyed. Um, I thought about going back into dance and it's always still there. I just get tired easily. <laughs> But um, yeah, I've done a lot and I'm still growing my business and still trying to navigate it. And um, it's been really hard and a lot of fun, hard and so rewarding. And it feels so good to like be in control of um, something that um, that a lot of people don't want to do. I don't know. Or actually, photography is very saturated, but it's just, it feels like my own thing that I can call my own. And yeah, it's been a journey. I've been in many different little art shows around Brooklyn, and then it grew to like me moving back home and, you know, curating my own fashion shoots and then getting them published in online magazines and then networking with different artists around San Diego and finally connecting with this dope woman um, who found, that, found my work to be good enough to be in her gallery to have a, my own solo show. And it's been so exciting ever since. And I've been working, you know, as a photographer, it's cool because you get to meet different creatives all the time. Um, yeah, I think the art scene in any city 
is so cool because you meet open-minded people. Yeah, like these are the types of people I would want to be around all the time instead of like finance bros or like people that only care about, you know, money all the time. Yeah, and money's great too, but when you center it into your life, it just, it's so capitalistic and very, it's just on the surface sort of thing. And people don't like vulnerability and don't like to seek other forms of living, spirituality or religion or whatever, deeper talks, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I found that like my camera has given me this avenue to reach these amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Good job. And yeah. Thanks. Building that and pursuing it despite everything and because of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have like, like what? I know that the journey, like being a professional creative, can be so hard and it's like a lot of, I think a lot of our parents in America and just America in general don't really, yeah, like monetarily and subsequently like emotionally like value art because we are such a capitalist country and nation and so it's like it's ingrained and yeah and so it's like the country values what is going to give you the most money or whatever and for some reason art is not valued as that and therefore usually like for a small percentage of creatives you know makes a lot and for median it's like a median and then a lot of artists just get like <laughs> yeah washed away or by like just the sheer like um struggle of like yeah pushing yourself so hard to make it or to make a living and stuff. But yeah, I was wondering like what what kept like you started in studying fashion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then photography. Like what was that kind of yeah, that driving force for you, like from growing up and then like yeah, pursuing that in school. Yeah. Yeah. I think art is appreciated in certain cities, like the big ones in the states, like New York, for sure. Um, I don't know how much money the, the city funds the art budget, <laughs> um, but I'm sure it goes most of them go to like the big galleries, which kind of suck because they already have so much money. But, um, and maybe LA as well. But it always has to be in a capitalistic view. Like photography can go, goes more into the direction of like, for Instagram and like influencers and all that stuff. 
and marketing. Yeah, but the art part of it is like really beautiful, the way people capture their surroundings, how they capture humans. Yeah, where does the funding go for that? Yeah, and I feel like that's really underappreciated for the art side of photography, the fine art photography part. Um, but, and so I think I'm just trying to navigate that into my life of like, what do I really want to do? Continue to make money for people and brands that, you know, or make photos for me and see if that could sell even more. Yeah, so it's like a constant conflict. And I think I could do both. I don't see why not. Um, but like what brings me more joy? Probably just doing my own shit, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I started off doing fashion. Um, I went to Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And I, because I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school, I wish I like, I wish I knew that like people could just take a year off after graduation and like travel the world. <laughs> um, because that was what my family wanted. That's what I had. I just felt like the pressure of like people saying like, oh, well, what are you gonna do after high school? And I really didn't have a plan. All my friends had plans. It's like, that was like their goal in life was to go to a certain college. Like my dad even had that. He was like, this is your goal in life is to go to college. It wasn't like, well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I felt like I really never had the time to explore. Like, I mean, you're just a kid when you're coming out of high school and you have to now decide forever what you want to do with your life. Um, so I felt like I chose fashion because I thought that sounded fun. And it, in a way, fashion, I do love fashion. I think it's a, another creative um, outlet to express yourself. I think it's so, it's, it's so much fun when people don't really give a fuck about how they look in public and they just wear whatever they want and it always turns out really amazing. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, I got a business major, business management uh, major and a, I forgot my other degree. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, merchandise marketing, sorry. <laughs> I'm like so zed out, I'm like so calm and I'm like, shit, what did I get? <laughs> Yeah, I got an AA in merchandise marketing and then a BS in business management. And I thought I wanted to become a buyer because I knew people, they said that you make a lot of money and that was like my only goal was like, okay, well, I want to make a, I want to make a lot of money. And then I learned when I had like a copywriting job that I hated be, being behind a desk and it wasn't fun for me. And I had, I always started uh, I always had a job in retail. That was like my only job for like the longest time was like retail and I was really good with people. Yeah, and so I felt like through those retail jobs, I realized that I like knew how to communicate and I was really interested in like people's stories because I was also curious how 
I could live my life. And so I loved asking people like a lot of questions and I'm sure maybe they were like annoyed, but they were very giving of like their stories. Yeah, so when I moved to New York, um, I mean, I never really got into the art scene that intensely until I moved there and met Kel and all her friends. And it was through them that I realized like, wow, you can make a living with art. Like, that's so cool. And so um, photography just sort of spoke to me because um, I was culture I was moving to a city where I didn't experience like I experienced everything that I never knew I could and so I wanted to keep those memories so I started taking photos and then they looked really cool and people were like oh wow like are you should take this like you should take it seriously and I didn't think about that for a while and I got really excited about it and then I just started like contacting my friends to model, contacted people with cool brands to use their clothes. And that's how it really kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. It was stressful because I didn't know what I was doing, but invigorating because I was now creating something that I didn't know I could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. Thanks. Do you have to like navigate conversations or like emotions, like within yourself or externally, like with your dad on like been doing art, and that's that, or like what was that dialogue, whether internal or with like or how, how has that been yeah that like after my mom and dad divorced I we stopped talking to him my mom put a restraining order on him so he wasn't really allowed to contact us or see us without um, another a third party there and I decided to not really reach out to him or talk to him because it was so good without him, like amazing. Like, yeah, it was really hard. He, he was the breadwinner for a really long time. So we had, you know, securities financially. We were financially secure. And then when the divorce hit, we, it was, it was so hard for my mom, for us, meaning like me and my siblings. And I just decided to not talk to him anymore. And so his voice wasn't really in my head when I decided to do photography. I mean, I would talk to my mom and she was like, she was like so supportive. She's like, oh my God, I love that. Like, I think that's so exciting for you. You're such a visual person. So she really backed me up and like helped me gain more confidence to like, okay, yeah, I could do this. I could um, become, a, I could become a photographer. Um, but so when I told my dad that I was a photographer, when we did get a chance to talk, yeah, he was, he was definitely like, he had a tone where it was like, oh, like a tone that was making me feel like I wasn't good enough. And I had to like, I felt like I had to prove myself again to him. And 
that I mean that was like a long time ago and now I don't really give a fuck what he thinks because he's he is someone that needs help and is the per- type of person that doesn't want to to get help he says he does and he says he's like doing all these things but he still is very he is he's just a person that still blames and holds on to things and victimizes himself after I don't even know I think it's been like almost 20 years yeah yeah and he still he's still in that like he's still in that time of like when everything happened of the divorce yeah. Yeah. He's still in that time. An important, um, yeah, like an important learning for for people like that are just struggling with a voice, whether it's in themselves or with somebody else that is like not supportive of everything that they are. Is like sometimes the best most healthiest option is to just cut it out. And mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a good, um, I think that can be, like, scary and hard for a lot of people, but it seems like it was helpful for you in your trajectory to, like, being your fullest self that, like, joyful Mm -hmm. happy self that's your true self yeah Yeah. do you have any like words of wisdom or advice for like yeah for like I don't know like a younger you that was like in like in the depths of that like household and struggling with like not being seen or being seen and not like appreciated for who you are being told that you have to be something different what would you say to them I think yeah that's so the advice that I would give to myself when I wasn't feeling seen or yeah heard by my family hmm would just to to not take it personally that everyone has like their own path and if they're not listening to you that they're kind of I don't know I would no I have an idea of like what I want to say but I don't know how to word it basically like don't take it personally if you feel like your family is not hearing you because maybe they're going through something too that you don't know about that everyone is traumatized that everyone is going through something and it's okay to not always know if they're going through something or not but to just focus on you and to not give up on yourself to keep exploring stuff that makes you feel good 
and to do those things only <laughs> that you should not try and do things just to get attention from others because that's not going to make you happy that's really good mm -hmm. um i i really sexuality and feeling more mm -hmm. free and I like how that how you're you're even plant you're dropping more into that like doing what you love and like what feels good with photography here and like and and in like seemingly like your your personal life and stuff too. Um journey been like of like your latest like what your latest piece like represents for you the yeah thank you I love all those comments <laughs> that makes me feel really good <laughs> I love the way you describe my photography because I never can put a, like words to it um, and it's been I've sort of come to like a like a stop with my photography almost and I've I've been feeling like I didn't know where to take it I felt like fashion is really fun but sometimes the people that you want to collaborate with maybe don't want to and like it kind of ruins it or people are like for a fashion shoot you need like really awesome people and it's been hard because of covid and you have to do everything over instagram and usually that's how i do it but i make a better i make better connections in person and i feel like when people understand my vibe my energy they'll want to fuck with me and actually do shit with me over like online it's been hard for me to communicate you know that sort of energy because i don't like like, I like taking photos of myself, but um, not that much. I don't find it, like, that fun to do because I don't see myself being, like, constantly on the gram. <laughs> but um, I've been trying to explore, like, some deeper meaning behind what I show on my camera through my eyes. And I guess it has been about me. <laughs> I guess yeah which is kind of funny because I said I didn't like to be on the gram all the time but this trip I didn't know what to expect I knew that I wanted to be I've I've, be, I've been growing more spiritually for sure um, like I said I grew up in a very Catholic conservative family and that's sort of 
inspired me somehow to seek spirituality um, without really a construct like a religion to be part of I feel like that was very constricting for me there's so many rules there's so many things about heaven and hell and there wasn't enough about us living on earth it wasn't focused more on living and living life to the fullest and coming in terms with trauma and like having more empathy because it's gonna make you feel good it was all for like religion felt more about you got to do this because if you don't you're going to hell so it was like we were preparing more for death rather than for life and why did I talk about that <laughs> oh yeah yeah so being here it's just sort of really relaxed me and meeting and I just I didn't I knew I wanted to document this trip and like the people that were in it and so that was like my main goal but I didn't think I was going to do something on me and I think it's been the relationship with Kel in this trip that's we've had something before in the past and then being here together sort of sparked again a new sort of beautiful relationship again because at the time I, I was very scared and hesitant and here I feel more comfortable with myself like before I been on this trip I've already been like healing myself being become more comfortable with like my own identity and it just feels really right to be here with all these different personalities that are so amazing that listen that are here for you supportive um, and it, it just made me realize that you know life doesn't have to be so it doesn't have to be the same it's and that's why I love meeting people because their stories are like oh yeah I lived here I lived in Thailand for a year and then I moved here for two years and I've went and talked to the monks in wherever and I'm like so enamored by you know a life lived so freely and this for me felt very free there was no routine there was no plan you know we're staying here for free because in exchange for art like how cool is that I've never had that opportunity so I wanted to challenge myself in a way to take this time to let go of all the pressures and stresses of life that the city always gives you yeah yeah and I still feel those pressures um, but when I've been in this journey it's like the only pressure that I had to think about was like what was I gonna create but of course it wasn't like really in the back of my mind what do you think like um, 
<laughs> I feel like that was such a, like, a whirlwind of words. <laughs> but I guess, like, the creation behind my self-portrait was that I am now finally understanding a little bit more of my identity. I still don't think I know everything about me yet because every time I say that I'm this, I'm like the total, I learn something even more that I'm like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. Like I didn't expect myself to become this amazing person or not that I'm amazing, but I'm, you know, you know what I mean? I'm amazing, but <laughs> I just said that so that I can manifest or like, put that out as a positive affirmation about myself. Yes, you are already amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, like, in this, um, in this latest piece that you were letting go of or, or, like, claiming, um, or, like, learning about yourself or expressing? In this piece, it... It expresses, it's like a, it's a, it's a reminder for me to, to, to let me know that I am more than I will ever, than, I am more, that I am a badass bitch, that I have value being here and that I am worth it and I'm not small that I am this force nice so that's why the butterfly is there because it expands my my energy out into the world I love that yeah that's beautiful dear thank you yeah. thanks so much <laughs> thank you <laughs> That was good. That was nice. Yay. Yay. Our theme music is by Kimani Thomas. <laughs>